You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And that was Pedro the Lion, but we're we're done with Pedro. Only on only for the show, not in our hearts. Never in my heart. Forever in our hearts, our boy Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh this section of the pod we're going to be talking the brothers martin Mm. uh jason and ronnie respectively and their various projects this time Mm -hmm. Uh, this episode we're starting off with starflyer 59 Mm -hmm. we're going to be covering the fashion focus with a very special guest you know him you love him he slept at the bass (laughs) and five iron frenzy mr scott kerr um, been on the pod a number of times already for the five iron season. He is back. We're talking fashion focus with him later. Hmm. So John, how did you feel about wrapping up, uh, Pedro Bazan, all of that being him being your main dude for, you know, for so many years? I felt very good about that stretch of episodes. Um, you know, there's been like a, a richness to these discussions that's like unique among what we've done so far mm-hmm. maybe like a little less engagement possibly than when we were doing like punk bands which maybe this is just like weighty stuff perhaps indie rock like lends itself less a little bit to like punchy voicemails and emails i don't know we don't know we welcome all of your feedback as we go through um but you know we did hear from some folks like oh we wish you could do more Bazan solo stuff. I would love to do every single thing Bazan has touched. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend folks seek it out if you haven't, um, if you want more, but we can only do so much. We're moving on. Um, very excited for this Martin Brothers stretch. Um, so we're talking Starflyer. We're talking Joy Electric. We're talking Bon Voyage, Brothers Martin, Ronnie Martin, new solo record. And I think there'll be a lot of really fun stuff to get into in this stretch so i feel good about we've got a lot of fun guests too sure do starting this week guests you're gonna blow your mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know we having scott back feels like just like old times and such a good dude get to talk new music with him Mm -hmm. new project that he's working on um but it's it's just such a fun experience to be able to have old friends back to just talk music and to nerd out about about uh songs that rule and yes just make uh weird guitar noises (laughs) i loved you know it's par for the course for us to be like and then it was like we're in here um (laughs) but to look at scott just like with a gigantic (laughs) smile on his face every time we got like these nerds yeah um, but uh it's yeah it's 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 nothing new for us to be making 
uh, these dumb noises, but to have right. somebody else watching it because <laughs> you guys only hear it. Like what? What you might not know is that like we're miming the guitar yeah. or the bass or whatever, and yeah, so we. Look... I scaled. I scaled back my air instrumentation a little never. bit in front of Scott this week because I was never, like, never. I, I would needs, never. If he needs to see me do every little air organ part in here that I've got worked out. Um, anyway, always fun to talk to somebody who makes music that you love uh, about uh, music that they love and. Uh, you know exactly hearing the insights of folks who make good music talking about other good music so yeah even though we're done with pedro and bazan stuff we do have some voicemails that we need to clean up from from mm. that time so we do have some voicemails from some folks to wrap up our bazan pedro section and none other than our boy jason from LA, I'm wondering if he's going to tell us a story about uh, inappropriately <laughs> listening to a Bazan project with an earshot at church or something. Yo, guys, it's Jason from LA. I'm uh, walking down the street right now, just leaving the uh, Pedro the Lion show right now in LA. You hear that motorcycle in the background? But uh, yeah, awesome fucking show. Man, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just loved it. It was great seeing him again. I hadn't seen him probably close to 20 years. Wow. Uh, there was one asshole who got all pissed off when David was talking about the whole mask thing. And Jeez. he started cussing at everybody in the crowd and saying he wasn't going to, he was going to leave. Nobody really gave a shit and just <laughs> let him leave. So Good. But, uh, great show. Uh, it was kind of cool because uh, I got to go to the show right after you guys finished uh, doing all the albums. So it was like, as each song was playing, I was thinking what you guys were talking about with mm, each nice. song. So um looking forward to what's coming next for you guys. So uh, you guys take care. And I'm walking by a taco truck right now. So you know you're in LA when you're at a taco truck. <laughs> all right. Mac for life. Yes. Hell yeah, man. I hope, I hope you got some delicious tacos. Yeah. Uh, seeing a Pedro show, snagging a taco afterwards. I can't <laughs> imagine. Night. can't imagine a better night. Yeah. A dude being like mad about, you know, that's like that whole thing. Like, this isn't an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. Like, get right. the fuck out. No one cares. We're all mad, right, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody well, with me go. on th fuck mess. Fuck. No. Okay. Just me. All right. I'll just, I'll just leave it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Weird to hear about these people, you know, getting up in arms over Dave's like gentle plea <laughs> to wear masks so concerts can continue. But yeah, whatever. Right know your audience guys yeah. like it's it's the, these people that are like what rage against the machine is political all right, <laughs> right guys people that are like wait a minute five iron frenzies all mm. of a sudden political no not yeah. all of a sudden political open up your goddamn ears know <laughs> know who you're listening to you know we are happy to hear that you had a, a fun time jason oh, that rules yeah. I'm so I'm so excited for anybody who was able to yeah. hit up those shows. Um, I'm jealous, but you know what? As I've said, I feel that I am in a much better, richer place yeah. to now see him than before. So I uh, anticipate a very beautiful and emotional show to yeah. be able to experience that, Jason, that you were able to do it. Um, and after 20 years, man, that's, it's been a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, we got Matt 
Jones. Hey guys, it's your boy Matt Jones calling from Mount Vernon, Ohio. Um, just listened to your most recent podcast right after the school shootings, and it was yeah. very emotional to say the least. As, as I know, it was emotional for you guys having to talk about it. Just want to join with you guys in my frustration. Just I guess with people who are so concerned about their kids being indoctrinated with uh, gender ideology and critical race theory, you know, the the dangers and awfulness that comes with with dealing with that, um, yet completely ignoring uh, common sense gun reform. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just read an article by Kirk Cameron. It was on Fox News, so you know, take it for what it's worth. Gross. Not worth much at all. And he just goes on and on and on and on and you know, about critical race theory, gender ideology, and, you know, how you must homeschool your children. Um, I actually work at a school um, where there is a, there's a lot of kids that come from a lot of broken families, a lot of fathers in prison, a lot of single homes. And you know what? Homeschooling is, is not always an option right. for, for parents. You know, a lot of single moms have to work, and they have to send their, their kids to, to, to public schools. It's, that's just how it works. And I know I'm rambling, and I've probably digressed a little bit, but just people ignoring the, the, these common sense, you know, gun reform rules that that can happen. You know, if if I want to go to the store and, and buy Sudafed, they have like a registry that that keeps track of how much Sudafed I've per, per, uh, purchased, and and there's a limit, you know, because they're they're afraid that I'm going to cook, <laughs> you know, crystal meth with it. But an 18-year-old boy can can go buy an AR-15 right. and buy over 1,600 rounds, right. and then enter into a school, same day, and kill 19 babies and two adults. Oh, it's just so infuriating. So, uh, thank you guys for addressing that this issue. I, I know it was tough. It was tough to listen to, and I, I could hear it in your in your voices and in your hearts. And uh, I just want you guys to know that uh, I appreciate you taking on those hard issues. And uh, I, I want to come alongside you guys in this frustration. Sorry for the rambling. Um, no, man, thank you for all that you time. do. I absolutely love Page of the Lion and David Bazan. Can't wait for Starflyer. So Magpod for life. Bye-bye. Thanks, Matt, man. Thank you so much, man. That that really, really means a lot. Yes. You know, we, we know um, implicitly at times that a lot of our listeners that we've become friends with over these last four years um are like we we're on the same page with a lot of stuff but it's it's nice to hear every once in a while that people are like what what is resonating and what is connecting with them in in this way and Mm -hmm. and i know that like people especially teachers and a lot of the teachers in our listening community were uh, deeply impacted um Mm -hmm. by by this this recent tragedy and you know john i for one am and shot i'm shocked shocked i say to hear that uh kirk cameron had a incoherent rambling uh on fox he, news about he had a bad take kind <laughs> of terrible so thing. unusual <laughs> so unusual for kirk cameron to be you know because i don't know if you heard about this john but um uh, about that, that that like 20 children were murdered by critical race theory I don't know. If, oh, right. I, don't, I don't know if you heard that that story. Yeah, um, they got yeah. Their these families lost their children to critical race theory, and 
Um, right. But you know, or maybe fortunate... it was like the the drag librarians. I think that killed a few kids too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <sighs> yeah, but you know, fortunately, no guns were were harmed. Oh, good, my sweet, so, sweet guns. My sweet, sweet guns. I'm so glad. Um, I'm gonna just go uh, snuggle and kiss my gun. Good night. Tuck them in. Oh, just I, I just want you to just have sweet dreams of all of the uh, all the lives that you can end. My sweet, sweet AR-15. Ugh, I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, again, I reiterate, I don't give a shit about your guns. Um, so thank you, Matt, for that. And, um, to reiterate critical race theory in, uh, in elementary, middle school and high school is not a thing. Um, so everybody can stop talking about it. Um, but moving on from that, we have another very important voicemail. is what I needed. <laughs> is he just breathing? <laughs> Tricked. <laughs> he lulled me in. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh man, uh, the cackler just—it's a just perfect palate cleanser. <laughs> yes, that was a beautiful uh, journey. Doors yeah. slamming, doors don't slamming, know where we are. Heavy breathing. Um, <laughs> He's an artist. What can he you is. say? You know, this is I, I, John. I think this is important for us to remind, not or maybe not remind, but introduce people who might be listening to us for the first time uh-huh. for this Starflyer stretch of episodes. If people aren't, or if people are new to the pod and are wondering what, what the hell is going on here, um, we have a an ongoing uh, character who likes to call in and leave voicemails who we have dubbed the Phantom Cackler, mm. uh, whose identity remains uh, a mystery to this day. <laughs> Um, but he is a joy and he is a delight. And can he, you, can you, you get can, some Phantom Cackler merch? <laughs> you sure can <laughs> get some Phantom Cackler merch. Um, yes, but, uh, love the Cackler, love this dude brings, brings joy after, uh, very heavy things. Cackler side, we got our boy, Joel. Hello. Gentlemen of the Magnified Pod. <laughs> this is your old buddy Joel of uh, fully one previous message saying hello and thanks for the last few episodes. Um, I just had a few thoughts about everything. Uh, first of all, I wanted to finish those notes I gave you um, about control um, because there was one important element that I wanted to make sure I got in. And that is um, Aaron Sprinkle, as far as I know, is mainly involved with getting the drum sound. Uh, The story goes, as heard both from Aaron on an interview somewhere at some point, and uh, in my personal conversations with his brother Jesse, who happens to be my friend. Shout out, Jesse Sprinkle, we love you. Um, David Bazan was working on control in one control room uh, while Aaron was working on another project. 
um, in a different room, or maybe they were just alternating using the same space. <clears throat> Regardless, David came to Aaron and said, uh, <clears throat> I need some help with these drum sounds. They're not coming out quite right. And uh, Aaron uh, went through while David was sleeping or something and uh, redid everything. And when he came back, David had the sound, uh, the sound that we're like obsessed with. So that's that part of the story. And I wanted to make sure I shared that with you because I've heard it from both Sprinkle Brothers. And at least that's the story as it's told these days um, as far as those studio elements. And that is how Aaron got on the project listed as producer. He got he was involved with the rest of it, but not as uh, intimately as with the drums. Um, anything else? Not anything else as intimately as he used with the drums. Uh, second of all, uh, when you're talking about the whole EP, shout out whole EP, uh, the primitive guitar and drum sounds, all the sloppy, terrible recording and off-key singing, uh, some of how it somehow it actually worked for me. Like I could recognize that it was, you know, primitive and out of tune and was objectively bad in some <laughs> ways, but that's what it made it so good. Like. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm making these songs for these songs' sake, and I'm not worrying about making them pretty. So, I love that. And um, when you were talking about Hole, uh, you asserted that David doesn't play those songs anymore. But uh, I have personal experience, to the contrary, uh, on the house tour last year in Pittsburgh, uh, he played Hole, albeit with wow. different lyrics. Um, Interesting. I believe... <clears throat> Instead of uh, the needle, it was that his spirit, my spirit, was full endlessly, but you keep on waking me. Uh, that's kind of incredible, actually. And, uh, and so the song is now kind of like about an addiction to religion, which you actually alluded to um, in the Curse Your Branches episode that just came out. Fantastic episode, by the way. Do I want to hear a uh, whole fixin' man? Hey. I mean... 2.0. I kind of do. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's the part I wanted to hear what, what he, like, what he changed. Right. You know, I guess that part's the same. That part's the same, but it's, uh, but it's like the context around the rest of the song. Yeah. Yes. That makes fascinating to hear. I'm curious. I mean, we, we all know that he also plays, you know, still plays big trucks, which is right very much a an early early song but uh i am i am surprised to hear that he still plays anything off yeah the whole i mean he still plays a few songs off of it's hard to find a friend in, in somewhat regular rotation um but yeah not not so much whole from my experience but that's that's really interesting to hear joel thanks for sharing that and yeah. hey props to aaron sprinkle where props are due drum sound on control is yeah. one of the greatest things in my life so <laughs> thank you for that uh, yeah you know the the amount of shit that we've given to uh aaron sprinkle i think un undo yeah <laughs> he's, he's had many fine accomplishments <laughs> with the exception of our our disappointment with his uh, association with some mxpx releases right you know we i hereby uh <laughs> in year 2022 the year of our lord i do hereby pardon Aaron Sprinkle for crimes against MXPX. <laughs> He's going to be so relieved. And declare him 
uh, free of any of any guilt of association by by Magnified Pod uh, from this day forward. Oh, good. Feel a weight off my back. Hey guys, this is Brian, aka the Rudy Librarian, and <laughs> I'm in my loud vehicle again, so I apologize uh, for if it sounds really difficult to hear me. But uh, I just wanted to—I had to stop. I had to stop the podcast, and I'm a little bit behind. But I had to stop when you were talking about the Suffocating Hearts Club uh, because it just made me think so much about this quote from one of my favorite plays ever. Um, so I had this like awful, awful high school English teacher. It's probably part of why I became a high school English teacher to begin with. Um, but we did do, we did, one of the things we read in her class was the knife for roast sent in jail. And man, I love, like I was instantly drawn to all the transcendentalists and like their mentality about things. But in the knife for roast sent in jail, like, so if you've read it, please apologize me. Uh, English teacher explaining some of it, but uh, you know, essentially, it's, it's based on a real life event where Thoreau went to jail for not paying his taxes. Um, but he is in the. Wow, that would be, that would be amazing. Can we can we throw any billionaires in jail for not paying taxes? <laughs> it would be nice. I yeah. would love not to just hear. like poets, <laughs> not just not just uh, classic poets. If we could throw uh, wealthy people in jail for not paying taxes, I'd be okay with that. Play, he's in jail and he's got this, you know, uh, cellmate who is sort of an uneducated person. But he says to this cellmate, uh, you know, he hears these footsteps and he says, you know, you know what does what that is? And he says, the guard, he's, you know, basically doing his job. And he says, no. And I'm going to paraphrase. It's been a while since I've read it, so it might be able to paraphrase. But he says, uh, that's the sound of a man going where he's supposed to go so he can be where he's supposed to be and do what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And why? So that it'll be liked. My God, a whole country of us that only want to be liked. But to be liked is like only breathing in and never breathing out. A man can suffocate on courtesy. And that, that has stuck with me forever. The whole part, like, a man can suffocate on courtesy. And it's it's interesting uh, applied to Pedro, but even just to my actual life right now, like right now thinking about that, like how I try so hard to make everyone around me feel valued and loved, which is a noble pursuit, but sometimes at the expense of not being who I really am. And and I think to some extent that's that mentality is from my family because my mom is definitely one of those people who's like, well, I don't want to be a burden. And I keep trying to tell her, you know, that you're never a burden to people who love you. Um, and so, um, but I've carried some of that, even though I get upset when my mom says that, I've carried some of that myself, but also in my faith, you know, this idea that like, who you are and what you like is bad or wrong. And and it just, uh, I'm, I'm just pausing for effect, I guess. I'm pausing trying to find the words. But uh, yeah, it's very easy to suffocate on that. Uh, so I guess I'm a part of the Suffocating Hearts Club. 
but I know I'm in good company, also an Enneagram 4. So I dude. I'm going to go cry now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, MagPod for life. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. Um, Brian, one of the best dudes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, love this guy. Um, love your heart. Love how thoughtful you are. Uh, I love that we have so many unique listener perspectives. Yeah. Uh, that Brian is coming in here with like dropping throw knowledge <laughs> and, and just like dropping like it's just so like I've never heard that before in my life. And, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, but you know, when he was talking about this, it made me think about the way our country deals with racism. Mm. That we think of racism as like being nice to right. people of color, right? Um, or that like being, you know, not actively, yeah, like, saying racist things is enough, right? And so it's like it's. You know, and I, I, I think about like, you might think that, oh, it's th- that I'm saying that white people are the ones suffocating. It's like, no, right, it's, right. The, it's the people of color who are, we yeah. are the ones suffocating yeah. by, they're the ones that are trying to be nice. They're the ones that are tripping over themselves, trying to allow people, <laughs> white people who just suck so badly at trying to have these conversations and trying to, you know, navigate this, this stuff that they've been dealing with their entire lives. And it's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't say the N word when I listen to rap music. So isn't that enough or whatever? And it's like, no, no, we, I don't know. That's, that's immediately kind of where. Yeah. That's interesting. I can see that. Um, Yes. Trenchant insight as always from our resident librarian. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yep. Trenchant in- insight also from our guest, Scott Kerr. Uh, should we get over to that conversation now? I think we should. John, today on Magnified Pod, we welcome back one of our longest returning guests, Scott Kerr. You might know him from uh, this little band called Five Iron Frenzy, or you might know him from another band we discussed, Yellow Second. Um, you might also know him from this new project that he's working on with Matt from Eleven Seven. It's a little project called Fantasy League. I uh, got some singles out right now on Spotify. You should check out Scott. Welcome back to Magnified Pod. Thank you. Thank you. Must be a glutton for punishment. 
are we are we are we that are you are you saying we're gluttons or you're a glutton for punishment that you're that you're you have to deal with us again well I, you know i'm still a little raw about the uh the quiz the first time <laughs> the the famous scots quiz <laughs> yeah that i <laughs> quizzes I will, have been points of contention for yeah, I guess uh, at certain points along the way. Yeah, that's uh, historically uh, none of the guests have really necessarily appreciated the, the quizzes I've given them, uh, but uh, varying degrees, varying varying degrees of success. Uh, I will say that the that famous Scots quiz um, was bullshit, and so <laughs> I do apologize. I apologize for that. Have any other guests missed every single question? <laughs> Uh, yes, I think certainly. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember how. Uh, I think I had one for Micah. Um, I mean, John. John has def. John has definitely gotten a, a one out of a one out of five before. Yeah. So quizzes are quiz daddy's tough. <laughs> quiz right? daddy's tough. We haven't had any this season, so uh, Scott, you don't have to worry. There are no quizzes for you today. <laughs> so you're, I won't. I won't put you through that gauntlet. But um, yeah, a lot has a lot has changed since the last time I think you were on. We had you on like at the very tail end of season two. Um, since then, had so we've had about uh, a good year since uh, the Five Iron record has come out, and uh, the vinyl has finally been released out into the world um how are you you know in in, in this time since uh, the the recording and our our second season of talking about the band and uh the, all the stuff coming out with the record how are how are you feeling um about that project and hopefully some shows in the near future uh, I, I'm still really proud of the record. I haven't listened to it in probably a year, which, um, is, uh, you know, maybe I should go back and make sure I still like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, you know, at the end of a, a project like that, it's a massive undertaking, uh, right. undertaking. And, um, by the end of it, you've heard it a thousand times. And so, um, yeah, a, a good long break is in order, but, uh, yeah, I think it turned out great. Um, I still haven't actually listened to it on vinyl, so hopefully it sounds good. <laughs> sounds pretty good, gotta say. Beautiful record. Unfortunately, some still very uh, prescient and relevant songs um, on this record that um, you know have have very much been referenced on on social media within the Five Iron uh, fandom community. Something I think to help lots of people process some 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 of the grief that people experience around some of these tough yeah. issues yeah this is an album that um would be nice if it weren't uh timeless right. <laughs> yeah if it would if its relevance would go away at some point i mean this isn't this isn't the first five iron song about about gun violence in schools so you would probably hope that uh, Reese would only have had to have written one of those songs, but we don't need to uh, talk about that and, and belabor that. We get that. things off on the on the wrong foot. 
just immediate bummers we just transitioned out of page of the lion we're trying to keep things a little peppy as we move into the martin brothers dude this it's, is the this is the indie season there's gonna be it's there's all no, gonna be there's, depressing there's no peppy i know what are you talking about i know at the end of all these depressing bazan records we were like maybe with the the martin brothers you know things will improve a little and talking starflyer this week to kick things <laughs> off it's like mm, a lot of bummers here to be found as well um but, yeah, uh, Jason, Jason Martin famously just like <laughs> nothing but upbeat bangers. That's right. Yeah, nothing nothing depressing to be found. <laughs> um, but yes, we're kicking things off this week. First episode in a new series, Talking Starflyer, talking in particular fashion focus uh, in no small part because it is our guest Scott Kerr's uh, album that really turned him on to Starflyer. So uh, we thought it would be a great way to kick off our Martin Brothers stretch and our Starflyer episode by hearing a little bit about his relationship to the band. Um, so Scott, when did you first hear of Starflyer 59? I think I heard about them as soon as they uh, released their first album on Tooth and Nail. Um, hmm. At that point, I think we, uh, it, like basically anything that Tooth and Nail would release, we were going to listen to at least. And, uh, you know, they were one of the first, I don't know, had to be yeah. in like the top five, you know, the first five albums or something. Um, yeah, because the first one was 94. So, yeah, that had to have been yeah very early run of records. And uh, we saw um, Starflyer open for the prayer chain. Um, okay. mm. So we went to that show. That's actually the show that we met Andy at. And by oh. we, Ooh. I mean me and Reese and Keith uh, and Micah, I think, was there too. Yeah, I think I heard about them early on. I don't know how long they were around before the record came out. but um, And I, I, I liked them fine. I was intrigued by their sound, I, the, that juxtaposition of like the whispery, like, you know, just... Yeah very faint vocal over the wall of fuzzy guitars yeah. I, I hadn't heard before. Um, you know, being from the <laughs> uh, just complete Christian market and uh, not growing up with secular music or any of that stuff, I had no idea who My Bloody Valentine was or, mm -hmm. you know, any of, uh, you know, the influences that um, that he had. But uh, so it, it took a little, uh, a little work, I think, to understand and appreciate um what he was doing um and uh so that curiosity about them kind of gave way to full-on fandom um when the fashion focus came out uh there was just something about that record that felt uh direct i guess um the melodies seemed to be very uh much more well thought out and kind of a centerpiece um rather than the just the noisy guitars which i also love but sure um yeah there was something about the songs on that one that, that felt like um next level to me yeah i also bought a tremolo pedal because of Ooh. jason martin hell yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's one thing we want to hear about too is like how you feel uh jason and, and starfire may have influenced you in your work because i feel like you can trace a direct line from Starflyer to Yellow Second in some ways. Uh, yeah, I, he was definitely an influence. I, I feel like um, he, he, he was a... It, it's funny, revisiting these songs, uh, I hadn't heard the Fashion Focus in a, in a few years, um, 
and it still totally holds up. I mean, I, you never know when you go but that far back if if it's gonna, right? You know, resonate with you still, yeah. or you know, maybe it's just nostalgia that sure. is still um, what draws you to it. But it, it's still a really great album. I, I love the songs on it, and yeah, um, I I wish I was that cool, <laughs> you know, in in wearing that influence. Um, I mean, he definitely did, but he never really had an awkward phase. I mean, he always just oozed vibe. It's it's so funny. We we talked to Brandon Vetter last week. Uh, David Bazan did a, had a side project with Jason Martin, and Brandon said that David said about Jason that he is the coolest motherfucker with like out even trying he just he just is and i don't have you have you ever met him can you can you vouch for this like uh this this label of being this cool but he just because he just he does give off just like an effortlessly kind of like cool cool dude vibe i think i remembered saying hi to him at that prayer chain show, um, sure. but that was the extent of it. I mean, I don't know him at all. I've never had a conversation with him. Um, that does not surprise me at all, just based <laughs> on his songs and his guitar playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just everything he does is just cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like he would be on my Mount Rushmore of guitar players. Um, wow. Like I, I just I think everything he does is is awesome, and he's also insanely prolific. Um, yeah, I, and I, I don't understand how he can come up with that much good material for yeah. how how many years now? <laughs> Almost thirty. Almost thirty years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He really hasn't stopped. I was thinking about like I was trying to think of a comparison of of his, and I'm like, is he? the Justin Vernon of the Christian alternative world in terms of like dudes that heard just like, I'm just going to be in every band. I'm going <laughs> to be a part of and try and do a bunch of this different stuff. And, and, and cause he is just so unique and prolific without, I mean, Justin Vernon is like a big deal, obviously in the sense, in the sense that he's like worked with like some of the biggest recording artists out there, but like, He's not like the same as, you know, some huge massive pop star, but, but I feel like, uh, Jason Martin is so well regarded and respected and, um, loved within a particular, this particular community without being like, you know, he, he didn't have like an MXPX level of, you know, notoriety or like even like a POD or something with like a huge crossover. I can see that. I'm going to have to ask who that is. <laughs> Bony oh, Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, didn't know his name. Yeah. I mean, a real cool guy would just know that answer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a Christian ska band. Uh, <laughs> noticed, so. um, <laughs> I mean, who, uh, that's, that's cool. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. It's cool enough for me. Um, for hey. you, um, good reference. Did uh, who else is on that on that Mount Rushmore? Do you have do you have those guitar playing faces ready to go, or is that are you just imagining a, a proverbial Mount uh, Rushmore? I could um, 
Yeah, well, how, what, there's only four faces. I, I don't know if I could limit it to four. So. All right, sure. I mean, <laughs> but, it could be uh, more than that. Yeah. Um, Carve your own Gra- mountain, bro. Gra- Graham Coxon from Blur would um, sure. be the number one. Okay. Uh, and uh, Ken Andrews from Failure would be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, John Davis from Super Drag. Um, Adam Franklin. Is it Adam Franklin? I think that's his name. Uh, him and the other guy from Swerve Driver. Um, and I don't know who does what in that band, so I just kind of like lump them together. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Jay Robbins from, uh, um, you know, Burning Airlines and uh, Why Am I Drawing a Blank? Jawbox mm. um, would be on there as well. So some... So no, that's noisy that's like dudes. Two, two, two Mount Rushmores. <laughs> sure. I like it. Mount Rushmore. Because um, yeah. there's more. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I mean, one of the things that I've been like thinking about as I've been going through these Starfly records in preparation for this is like my recollection was like silver and gold. The first couple of records, like that was the real shit. That was like shoegaze, grungy loud um you know fuzzy like that's that that was my memory of sort of like what i was most into and at the time when fashion focus came out i was like a snot-nosed kid and i was like "Ah, it's too poppy so i didn't give it the chance that it really deserved and listening back now i'm like oh this is so good (laughs) so like it's one of many records that i'm grateful to the pod for for going back and actually spending proper time with it and i can really see um what you're talking about that like I do still really appreciate and love those first couple of records, but there's a, there's a, a pop craftsmanship that's, that's coming through on fashion focus in particular, I think where it sort of takes things to the next level um, in terms of songwriting. And um, I don't know, do, do you have favorite songs from the record uh, or favorites? I mean, I know you're a fan of old as well, but favorite Starflyer songs in general or favorite moments from this record? Well, I did do a top three. Yes. All right. <laughs> should we do the pod? Should we save it? Or, or do you, <laughs> have, you, you guys, have you guys not uh, talked about it amongst yourselves yet? Not yeah, yet. But... Well, we want to get some more of your thoughts on Starflyer, but we'll save that for the album discussion you're joining us for. But um, I think we should transition into talking a little Fantasy League, this new scott kerr joint that uh i mean it's not just not just you but um so you're working on this this new project with uh with matt from 117 what how did this uh this bromance this musical project this this duo kind of come to be and um how did you get to where you guys are with this project now? Uh, ever since the Fast Feeling record uh, concluded, um, you know, we, we've talked about, Matt and I have talked about doing another project. Um, it just hasn't come to fruition until recently. Uh, I had, yeah, I don't know, a handful of songs Um similar to what you're hearing in uh uh 
with the fantasy fantasy league stuff. In fact, some of them are fantasy league songs. Um, they've just evolved a lot. Um, so I, yeah, on my own, I, I never really got them to a place where I could stay excited about them. Um, and then, uh, finally, uh, um, getting Matt involved, um, and combining our powers, um, <laughs> I was able to actually, yeah, I, I think, uh, fine tune them and, and, uh, yeah, um, they ended up becoming something so much greater than I ever, uh, thought or hoped that they, they would be like, I just, they, they've turned out different even than I, um, I think than either of us maybe, uh, really set out to make them, um, there's just been some nice serendipitous, um, you know, things that have happened as a result of the collaboration. So, um, another thing that's worth mentioning is, um, as, as I've talked about before, um, you know, lyrics are always kind of a hang up for me. Like I'm not as prolific, uh, with them as I am with music. And I was, um, expressing that frustration for, you know, the thousandth time to, to Reese and, um, uh, he actually suggested a trade, um, uh, and uh, he he sent me. He said, "If you write me some some music for a project I'm working on, then uh, you know I can send some some unused l- lyric scraps." Um, mm. And uh, one of those uh, became uh, "Blind," which was the the first single. So cool. Um, that kind of helped me. It, yeah, it's just so much easier when I when I have some words to start with and. Um, even though I ended up writing, uh, you know, most of the lyrics after that, um, it just w- gave me kind of a good kick in the ass, um, uh-huh. to kind of get going again. So after I finished the demo for blind, um, I sent that to Matt and I think that was the song that I, and I'd sent him a few things before that. And like I said, you know, nothing really ever, um, kind of got started, but I think that one excited him enough to, um, to, to the point where he's like, yeah, let's, let's work on this one. And, um, so I sent him all the, the session files for that. And <clears throat> he, um, rewrote the bridge and, um, added just a, a, a ton of great detail. I mean, there's a, a, a lot of the, um, kind of sonic characteristics are his doing. And, uh, um, I just, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of pretty much everything that he does. So, um, it's, it's been, Great, um, yeah, just seeing these songs go in a direction, um, like I said, that you don't always intend. Um, and, and every song is different. Some of them depart, uh, you know, more drastically from the original uh, vision than others. But it's, all, it, it's always fun to see where, uh, where it ends up. And, um, yeah, we've been working on it over the course of the last uh, little over a year. And I've uh, flown out to Asheville three, three or four times, I guess, um, to work on it with him. And uh, we do have a full album in the can, uh, 10 songs. Uh, we've released uh, two. Uh, it'll be three when this, uh, by the time this comes out. And um, we'll release probably a couple more singles before the full album hits. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Blind, Cliffs of Moore, Old Haunts is the new one. Folks, go check them out. Um, should we hear a little? I think we should. Yeah. 
good shit. <laughs> um, we got to you, you and our, our fearless rock candy leader, Matt Langston, past and future guest, wink, wink. Um, he, I, I mean, I think it's some of the best, most accomplished work that either of you have done. And I'm such a big fan of each of your sounds and you guys coming together to form this new sound is really exciting. So like, I know you, you mentioned this a little bit just now, but like, is there a typical sort of division of labor as far as who's putting down what on which track or is just kind of like sending back and forth and adding stuff? Is there like an expectation that he'll do certain bleeps and bloops and you'll do certain bass lines, et cetera? I mean, because you're you're currently surrounded by keyboards and wires, so <laughs> yes. I imagine you're you've got some textures that you're laying down. I suppose I could have cleaned some of this up before. <laughs> that looks uh... cool. Yeah, man, it's cool as hell. <laughs> there isn't any overtly stated division of labor. Um, you know, we don't have specific jobs, um, and, and, and like I said, each song varies to some degree. Um, most of the uh, I guess original like foundation, like the uh, lyrics, melody, chords um, start out as my ideas with one exception that um, uh, there's a song that Matt contributed as well. Um, and then I, <clears throat> I'll make a demo of that um, and then send that to Matt. And um, I mean, in some cases, like he's kind of stripped it bare and started from the ground up, um, which took some getting used to a little bit <laughs> uh, because that's um, those details are kind of my job in five iron um, right. and in yellow second as well but I trust Matt implicitly so um, I always love what he comes up with and a lot of that is done um, when I go out there for a trip as well and so um, sometimes it's just even being in the room and, and being able to kind of weigh in on parts as we try them um, and then other songs, you know, there's a lot that's left from the original demo and kind of everything in between. Um, but we've we've both played uh, guitar, bass, keys, um, kind of everything as needed. Just whatever whatever sounds good is good. Um, and there's no uh, no nobody gets territorial about anything. Sure. Um, so that's how it's gone so far, and it's it's worked out really well. Wow. Uh, Matt Matt is uh, also a lot um, pickier than I am about um, like performances being you know perfect, mm. and in a, in a good way though. Like they're still mm-hmm. it's not like uh, in a sterile kind of way. Like I mm-hmm. you know it just um, especially for this kind of music, I think that it it um, benefits a lot from that attention to to detail that um, that yeah his meticulousness. <laughs> Is yeah. that the word? Yeah. Um, well, that comes across. Yeah. It's it's been it's been a great experience and and just fun. Like, uh, you know, we don't um, always agree. Um, or, I I guess let me rephrase that. I would say we come up with very different things. We have different instincts. Um, but I'm almost always a big fan of what what he does, um, and I'm I'm appreciative that. Uh, he thinks about the song differently than I do. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's great. I, I have nothing but amazing things to say about about him and the experience um, in general. So it's it's been just super fulfilling. That's awesome. We can't wait to hear more of these songs. And, and the uh, the impending tour full record. 
and of course the tour <laughs> the full record is happening the tour, the tour um confirmed confirmed, yeah. confirmed uh <laughs> tour fantasy league is happening um everybody can start <laughs> tweeting tweeting about that right now yeah the people um, demand it if you demand it they'll make it happen yep scott is stone-faced right now. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying pressure works they're gonna figure it out yeah um yeah. but uh you know, speaking of records, yeah, should we get into this this week's record? I think we should with some with some trenchant insights offered up Ooh. from our guest Scott Kerr. Ooh, absolutely, yes. So when we come back, let's dive in to that Starflyer Fifty Nine record, Fashion Focus. Hi, I'm Liam Hooper, and I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. Hey, John. Hey. Have you heard of Small Step Records? You know, the name is familiar, but... Tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm -hmm. bands that are melodic punk, pop punk, easy core, emo, and ska. And they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services. You should check them out. Andrew, not only that, Ooh. they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. Uh, <laughs> The tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallsteprecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. This is a label with integrity. So you yeah. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step. Check them out. Smallsteprecords.com. back talking starflyer 59 talking that fashion focus uh talking that x-files theme song um <laughs> a little bit <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't help but every time where the ordinary starts i think the x-files theme song hmm. tell me i'm wrong no there's yeah Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> it's like the, those first couple notes. I'm just like. It, it... <laughs> There's definitely some spooky elements to this record yeah. and Starflyer in general. For sure. This is this record is the definition of a BTB. Big texture boys. <laughs> Lots of texture. <laughs> that might have started with referencing Scott, I think, that we, we said is, we love. 
You're right. We love I think texture it was. on we, records. I, yes, we. I think we were talking uh, elevation and how we, we were talking. Yeah, those those yellow second records talking about all the textures in those records, and then yeah, I think you're right. We start calling ourselves big texture boys. BTBs. BTBs. <laughs> all Scott, the... you Scott is the OG, the OG BTB. That's on uh, Urban Dictionary, I assume. <laughs> yeah, go check that it's, out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go put that on Urban Dictionary right now. You guys, hold on. I'm putting BTB under Urban Dictionary. Just a couple of BTBs, just like our dude Jason Martin must be. Uh, so much Oof. nice texture on these uh, yes. Starflyer records. Um, the OG yeah, we BTB. Are OG BTB. Uh, he, he, he is the OG BTB. We, um, we're, we're starting this stretch of covering various. Ronnie and Jason Martin projects in the next few weeks. Um, Starflyer seemed like kind of the obvious place uh, for us to start. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, for me, I always kind of thought about the first couple of records as being sort of the definitive Starflyer sound. Uh, Gold's being known as like a very influential shoegaze record. Um, but Scott mentioned uh, his love uh, for this record, for Fashion Focus. And um, going back through it, I just was... Um, so impressed with the sort of pop craft on display uh, on this record. I think it, it sounds great. I think the songwriting is great. Um, really, really uh, appreciative of getting to listen to it again. But yes. to, to set the scene a little bit, we should say Ronnie Martin and his younger brother, Jason, uh, grew up in Southern California. Uh, they played in the synth pop band Dance House Children in the early 90s, uh, did two records from that band on Mike Knott's label, Blonde mm -hmm. Vinyl. Uh, after that, they formed respective bands, uh, Jason being the one permanent member of Starflyer over the years and Ronnie being the one permanent member of Joy Electric. Uh, Starflyer formed in 1993. Jason was 20 at the time. Uh, as you said before, Scott, he, uh, he gave a demo to, to Brandon Ebel at a festival in 93 uh, and signed to Tooth and Nail shortly thereafter as one of their original signees. I'm, I'm just uh, forever personally offended at people who are this prolific at yeah. such a young age. Right. It's it's at 20, they're already two <laughs> albums deep from this one so, influential project. It's so ridiculous. But yeah. I mean and, and they're good. You know? Right, right. No, yeah. it's not like like the <laughs> shit that I wrote when I was 20 that I'm just like, oh God, this is embarrassing. But this is right. this the, this these those early records are so impressive for such a young dude. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he was 20 is rude. Um, <laughs> rude as fuck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, both of them clearly influential yeah. in their respective sort of lanes within the world. Um, right. But the shoegaze sound, you know, apart from just the Christian music world, uh, kind of changed and evolved with fashion focus. I think a lot of people sort of reference it as being a pretty definitive shoegaze album for the entire genre overall. Um, it's definitely... It's definitely poppier than the records he had done to that point, less heavy um, keyboards making uh, an appearance in a big way here kind of for the first time. Um, but, you know, yeah, to your point, they're, they're still making albums. Their, their 16th LP, Vanity, came out last year. So still going strong. Um, <laughs> Sorry, say that again. How many, how many records? 16. <laughs> uh, that's just LPs, too. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, and just yeah. that one band. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's just 
so that's mainly Jason. Uh, other members over the years, there have been many, uh, but they've included Frank Lenz, who we talked about last week because uh, he played in headphones with Dave Bazan. Uh, Jeff Cloud, who runs Velvet Blue Music, and Richard Swift, who worked with Bazan, Damian Gerardo, Shins, uh, a lot of other folks. Um, Jeff and- Cloud, we should also mention, was in Joy Electric for yes. a bit too. Yeah. Um, Wayne Everett? Yes. Uh, yep. From uh, uh, Prayer Chain? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Wayne uh, showing up on drums and, and background vocals on this record, uh, yeah. too. Um, yeah, lo- definitely lots of different uh, influential members in the Christian scene in particular over the years have made their way in and out of Martin Brothers projects. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, these early, those early oh. shoegaze records, that, that shoegaze scene of the early 90s, those fuzzy guitars, effects, distortion, psychedelic elements you know as you mentioned yeah. scott my bloody valentine being kind of the big one slow dive i would say another big one mazzy star too can't yeah, sure can't forget that yeah yeah that, that was one thing i didn't even i didn't know i assumed that shoegaze always meant because it was sort of like awkward indie kids looking down at their shoes during the shows but it's derivative it's it comes from uh using so many pedals on stage that their guitar players are always looking down their shoes i don't know learn something new um <laughs> But Pitchfork, of all places, uh, ranked Gold as uh, one of the 50 best shoegaze albums of all time. So I was, I was, you know, you know how much I hate read Pitchfork. <laughs> yes. And I does anyone I was, does anyone read it any other way? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Oh my god, I I hate them so much, but I can't I can't help. It's the siren song of wondering <laughs> what they say about albums I love. Um, but I was looking at what the the um some of the reviews for Starfly Records, and I'm like, they are they are reviewed very well. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, this is. Imp- this is impressive but i mean not that impressive not that like but i'm like oh they got it right more so than than anything yeah yeah i was even some of those like eps of starflyer are ranking like eight something i think i was like wow okay go ahead pitchfork but that just goes to show you i mean that they had a, a really big influence even outside of the sort of christian ghetto that maybe places like pitchfork or quick to judge at other times um and their lyrics were never really i mean maybe you'll you you two will have more to say about this but never very like overtly christian you kind of had to dig to find some references um no yeah you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna find a it's in god's book but he don't want to look kind of situation uh on on these records not nothing nothing so overt that somebody would be like oh no this is one of those jesus bands right i mean the um, liner notes of pretty much every starfly record have like thanks to jesus christ my lord and savior or whatever right, right. but also most of their songs are just about like being a lonely boy so <laughs> yeah. um it found um, broad appeal yeah i you know i i just want to make sure before we we move on anywhere i i i'd be remiss if we didn't uh mention gene eugene yes and his uh work on this record and i mean talk about another another dude in this scene who was profoundly influential and touched so many different bands and worked with so many not just being in bands but like producing records too like 
uh, worked with Mike Knott and Daniel Amos yep. and Plank Eye. Yep. Um, and then he was, he himself was in uh, Lost Dogs and Swirling Eddies. Um, so, but he, and he tragically died too young and um but yeah i i just think he he was probably you know when you think about uh, musicians and and prolific musicians and producers like him and you know you think about the loss uh in, in at the time that then you think about like the loss the greater loss of what it means for the records that didn't get made the records that didn't get produced and the loss of um that sort of musical influence and genius so um i feel like gene eugene is a name that has come up a number of times over the course of the four years that we've done yeah done this, this pod but i don't think we've i don't think we've this might be the first gene eugene record that yeah. we we've done so i think so um, yeah yeah, he produced the record. He owned uh, the Green Room Studio in Southern California, uh, influential, important place. Um, yeah, and I have to imagine that his kind of sound or, or production, um, you know, approach uh, is definitely evident uh, on this record. Um, yeah, and he produced my, uh, or he was, I think he produced or engineered um, my favorite Daniel Amos record, which I have right. talked about. Uh, I don't know how many times motorcycle yes. um, the album fucking rules. Yeah. And if you are listening to this episode and you have heard me talk about this record already and you haven't listened to it, I don't, I don't know what else you need for me to, <laughs> to do, to tell you to go listen to that Daniel Amos record. I'd have to do a Daniel Amos episode or stretch of episodes here. Anyway, we we're, we'll do we'll do you know our, our Daniel Amos uh, bonus episode at some point. Yeah, but anyway. sounds good. Yeah, um, but the Fashion Focus was released October 6, nineteen ninety eight, on Tooth and Nail. It was their fourth LP. Um, shorter songs here, uh, by and large, than they'd done up to this point. You know, no like sort of eight minute uh, fuzzy anthems. Uh, different, different. They're they're mostly pretty perfect bite sized pop rock songs here um and i'd say some of those dream pop psychedelic elements of their earlier stuff definitely peek through at times here um but uh yeah we got jason on vocals guitar keyboards bass percussion all songs written by jason as we mentioned uh jeff cloud on bass we never done drums and background vocals um yeah and, and here's the thing about this album guys it, it rules uh <laughs> i like every song on it I don't know. Maybe my heart just wasn't prepared to find uh, meaning yeah. in it at the time. Um, but oh, today abs- I, I, can really I absolutely, it. absolutely not. If your know, 14 year old Andrew, when this record came out, no, there's no way I was so deep into listening to, you know, MXPX and go to Hook frenzy and, and fire and frenzy. <laughs> like there's no way I would have had the patience Right. to put on the fashion focus and and listen to these records and um but that's that's the case for so many bands that we've ultimately ended up discussing that i'm just like man like pedro was another one of them like i was not in a place i was especially in college i was so deep into uh, into metal and hip-hop at the time that 
I there's no way I could have slowed down to have the the attention span to listen to something like that. But that's the 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 benefit of of the of the pod now. Just going back and listening right. to this the stuff now, just like man, it's like giving me it's giving me second life on some of these on some of these records that I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I could have found some way of appreciating them back then. And sure. maybe, but like now I just think I'm in a much different place where I can fully put these on and be like, this fucking rules. Yeah. For me, you, I think uh, I was, I was so uh, tired of the really fast paced, hyper, yeah, uh, ska punk stuff that yeah. <laughs> albums like this and uh, like OK Computer and, you yeah. know, yeah, when, later on when Pedro came out were exactly what I needed mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, uh, bring balance to the force yes so 1998 was is that when you were sort of wrapping things up with five iron yeah by mid 98 i think is when i had decided to leave okay um and then uh did my last shows in the states in 98 and then we went to new zealand and i played um, a few more shows down there in early 99 and then that was it. So, so, I mean, I guess that, that sort of, I mean, that, that tracks when, if you think about the, some of the yellow second stuff that followed up and the more power pop, um, fuzzy BTB stuff that you, that you ended up, you know, so if this is more, what you were, if you were listening to more like Starflyer and Pedro, you think, do you think there was maybe a, a direct influence in that, in that way? Uh, they were certainly one of uh, the direct influences. Apart um, from your Mount Rushmore that you, uh, <laughs> that you mentioned. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that there was at, at that point, like a single band that was kind of that emerged as a, a, a primary influence, but um, yeah, these guys were definitely one of them. I wish I did a better job of ripping them off, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that and that record was cooler. But uh, but yeah, I I was um, head over heels in love with this band, especially at this point. Was this, I mean, like as soon as this record came out, were you like, oh yeah, this is kind of what I've been waiting for from them? Did it hit you at the right moment right away? It did. Um, uh, like I said, I was kind of just Starflyer curious um, mm-hmm. <laughs> up to this point. And as soon as I, I heard that opening drum fill, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. uh, and it just hooked me. I mean, every single song is great on this record and I had a hell of a time picking to- a top three. Agreed. Should we go ahead and hear that drum fill? I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start it with I Drive a Lot. I 
So good. Is this in anybody's top three? No, it's not. It's not in mine, but it was definitely a contender. Yeah, it was one. There are six songs um, that were contenders for me. Okay, um, I mean, even though every song is great, six. It was really hard to to pick from those. And uh, yeah, even even as I was hearing that, I'm like, eh, should it beat out this other one? But <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah. yeah. There, this is. Yeah, they got the that that tremolo guitar. You got the the synthy keys line going on. Uh, that the drums sound great. There, there's so many different things, but there, but none of it. Even though there's a lot going on, none of it sounds clashy or muddy. It mm-hmm. it just everything still sounds distinctive and separate. Yeah, I think. Uh perhaps in a way similar to fantasy league there are a lot of different sonic elements um kind of stacked on each other but they come together in such a pleasing way uh there's like a a thing throughout the record of kind of tremolo guitars doing one thing in the background a central sort of synth hook doing something else over here i mean it's just yeah it's like a it's really great melding of different elements doing different things but that work together really well i love that central synth hook of the like yeah it's just such a great melody yeah um and his his voice sounds great it sounds different than it had on those earlier records here but it also kind of sounded different on every record up until this point but i think it's reached a really pretty uh uh quality by this point um yeah it just it kicks things off in this really nice um there's there's the fuzziness there but the the strength of the melody and the prettiness of it kind of um is the central focus here um yeah the vocals sound a lot more confident even though they're still hushed um as you know it's yeah it it fits um but they yeah and the earlier records you know it was so hushed it was such an extreme difference uh than the the music that uh, that was kind of holding it up that uh i never fully appreciated that um extreme juxtaposition um, and here it, it felt like the right balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not buried. Right. Yeah. I also love that this entire record is just slathered in major seven chords and, mm-hmm. um, was, you know, there, that was kind of a thing, I guess at that time, um, in general, but definitely, uh, kind of continued my obsession <laughs> with that mm. particular chord yeah. formation. Mm. Um, it just, Yeah. I just love, I love the vibe. The quiet, loud, quiet thing of shoegaze is very <laughs> like satisfying to me, but it is not the same sort of consistent aesthetic quality of just like a really well-crafted song, like all the way around. And so there's almost like a trick to the sort of grungy shoegaze thing, which works for me, but like, I feel like there's a difference between that dynamic and then just how sort of well-crafted a melody and, and building it around 
the kind of chords and sound you're talking about here, Scott. Um, we should say, you know, the lyrics are literal. <laughs> the song's called I Drive a Lot. His, his dad owned a trucking company and uh, Jason and Ronnie took it over like 15 years ago, I think. And then Ronnie moved to Ohio to be a pastor, but Jason still owns the trucking company today. So he was driving a lot and he was fantasizing about what else he could be or what comes next. Um, Bro, like these lyrics, um, fantasizing about if he had time to kill and had a lot of money. <laughs> Like right. same, like have have I do I have that same thought and fantasy just about every moment of every day for right. sure? Yeah, and I think for any any creative person, that is like, oh God, I just want can't someone just pay me to like make things like right. that would be that'd be great, but yeah, I think that especially if you're on the road and all you have to do is listen to music and think about wanting to make things right so i get that struggle bro yeah i think it seems to be the album seems to be a lot about sort of finding his place in the world growing up comparing himself to his dad in a couple of places and his friends i mean he makes reference here to friends of mine now 35 he talks about his dad later now that john is 42 and i think he's sort of being like you know even fell in love at 22 he's like so where am I? Like, how do I stack up against these other sort of ages? And and what am I, what's my line right. in life? That seems to be the vibe I get. Good one. Good one. It probably comes as no surprise that I, I never really um, dwelled on the lyrics too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they fit perfectly into that just, you know, good enough to ignore uh, category <laughs> that is my, my sweet spot. It um, is kind of funny coming off of Pedro the Lion, where we would just spend the hours dissecting these, you know, complicated biblical illusions. And I do appreciate that. Not that there's not depth to what Jason does lyrically, but it's, oh, this is sweet. The song's only like uh, a few lines. Like we'll get through this pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a little less to, uh, to pour over. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Think... They, they sing well, which is, I love that. And they're catchy moments like that. I'll catch a phrase. And mm -hmm. I, it, it doesn't make me dive into it to figure out what he's talking about, but it, it does spark, um, you yeah. know, thoughts and, uh, you know, of my own and, you know, you automatically kind of end up relating it in some way, even though it's probably not at all what he intended, but, um, yeah. And that, that's all I really need out of lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. We're the ordinary. Spooky. Spooky. Truth is out there. <laughs> I want to believe. Is that the smoking man?
number one okay oh shit it's my number three but listening to it again i'm like it should be higher <laughs> it's really good i still remember the way uh, i felt when i heard that song the first time mm. i just oh. thought that uh you know maybe maybe because i wasn't an x-files fan uh like <laughs> that wasn't where my mind went <laughs> i didn't have that instant association <laughs> i just thought it was the co- just the coolest haunting mm. uh you know, riff and uh, I, I love. I, I think it's. A, it sounds like a Rhodes um, that, he, mm. that he's, he's playing along with, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, with a guitar or something. I'm not sure, but I just loved how it sounded. Yeah, that nice warm keyboard sound uh, is so good here. That yeah, it's another cool kind of central riff uh, to hear on that instrument is the it's so great um and then the harmonica coming in but just for one note that's all you need sustain that note um oh man there's so much i love about this he does this like bendy guitar string thing you know like i love that you know reverb everywhere on the guitar um i don't know what you go ahead are you talking about at the end when the well that we got to hear some of the ends because that's yeah. when the real feedbacky shoegazy guitar comes in um, yes that that is that's to me the part where it it gets the most interesting is this this end part so good Yeah, that that part takes it up a notch because yeah. it's so unexpected. That with that part that just first screeching, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, "Whoa, whoa, something's happening here." Yeah, yeah, it rolls. Is, this, is there a, is this a, an Elner Rigby illusion I have the same here? Thing in my notes talking I about mean, the all the lonely people. Yeah, let me know what you think about this guy. But I feel like there's Beatles comparisons to be made all over the place on this album. Um, this one. In particular, you know, he says all the lonely people. How can it not be an Eleanor Rigby nod? But yeah, um, I mean, also just another sort of song about being lonely and isolated. I think so. If it's <laughs> in that uh, mold, you know, he he repeats sometimes we don't have a life uh, over and over at the end, which is kind of a depressing line, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no matter what he's saying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I think it captures that. Um, it's really pretty, but it's haunting and it sounds kind of frantic and frenzied by the end and just combines all those things in a really satisfying way. Yeah. I, I, I still get chills every time I hear that. And mm. anytime he was playing at a festival that five iron was at, I would, I was going to be there for sure. Does he hold up and uh, like, does he put on a good show? 
Yeah, I mean, you probably could guess. I mean, there's not like a, a lot of you know, stage presence or any of that stuff, but you don't you don't need that from from that. And he's not jumping off the drum riser. Or... Not not any of the shows that I was at, but <laughs> um, yeah, but always always uh, played well and um, yeah, good time. Sundown, another very specific kind of vibe song. Mm. Love that. <laughs> yeah. This is the sundown. Sure is. song is uh, just outside my top three it's my number one. <laughs> oh shit all right it's my number three yes okay, okay. see but i feel like i could kind of swap <laughs> i was like should we're the ordinary yeah. actually be my number one but i went with this one because i'm like it's the it's the main there's some magnifrite pod vibes here andrew <laughs> yes this is, there are this is full spooky very um, spooky and that <laughs> Yeah, when that when that sort of squealy <laughs> sound comes in on the pre-chorus, I'm just like, oh, well, number one. I don't know. It's so cool. Uh, <laughs> that baseline between that baseline and that <laughs> central sort of echoey guitar riff, yeah. ding ding ding. It's such a great '90s yeah. guitar riff. I feel like <laughs> I've heard so that awesome. in other stuff I love, um, but I'm such a sucker for that whole vibes all those things coming together i was just like oh this is my favorite that that simple <laughs> kind of synthy baseline driving the whole thing um yeah yeah from we're the ordinary to sundown you got there's just so much spookiness going on it yeah it, it it's creating a whole you know i i, I said a, a particular vibe but yeah the, he's just putting off it's it's not like just like oh this is just sad boy shoegaze it's yeah, it, it's evoking. It's very evocative of a, a particular like spookiness that I I don't think I was necessarily expecting from this record, as I was not very familiar with this record before we decided that we wanted to do the season. So there's only a handful of songs I'm I I knew, and so like I guess I wasn't I I guess I wasn't expecting this sort of a vibe, but. Yeah, uh, it was. I was pleasantly surprised. Same. Yeah, it's spooky, but it's kind of whimsical at the same uh-huh. time. Like I, I like that it it doesn't take it uh, right. itself too seriously. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I love it. I just like I said, the guy oozes vibe. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
if you can pull off just going this song's called sundown sundown <laughs> yeah it's like yeah okay, that's a cool guy um <laughs> i mean it's no american <laughs> that's true. Yeah. What is <laughs> sundown? Yeah. That's what he yeah. should have done. He had some things to learn. Um, yeah, Fashion. I don't know. <laughs> Focus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what exactly is happening. Are we talking? Are we talking vampires? Just kind of general <laughs> creepy stuff. I mean, he says, "Sundown, the dark has laid you low. A right to save your soul. The blackness fiend will take you on." Maybe it's just sort of a general sort of creepy stuff taking you over vibe, but to me, this sounds like he he wrote the music and was like, "This sounds like a sunset." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah he like just it. he he reverse engineered the lyrics. Yeah, works for me. He had the the. He's like, all right, this is a this is, this is sundown. sundown. <laughs> yep. I like that we get that, and then a couple songs later, it's like. Happy holidays. <laughs> the full full gamut. He's he uh as we'd like to say, he contains multitudes. Exactly. You don't don't John stop trying to pin him down. I would why never. are you why are you trying to why are you trying to put Jason in the corner? I won't put him inside a box. <laughs> this one is not called the box. Uh, but this song is called Fell in Love at Twenty Two. Uh, most of the song um but this is my number two same god it's such a pretty song it's so beautiful it to me it instantly feels like a classic in almost any era it it sort of to me it transcends decade because you could you could put this back in the 60s Yep. and it would still work and uh it, it it's another song that does feel beatles adjacent to me absolutely um but i i love the simplicity of just about everything in this song um it's 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 far more restrained and pulled back and the guitar all the all of the guitar but the but the the just the extra little snare hits that happen in in the verses. It's just these tiny little things. Nothing is too over the top, and but it's just a it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful song. It is. Yeah, I. It's not in my top three. 
but it was a difficult decision. Um, I know. I feel like this is probably the most known or loved song off this album. Maybe it's probably it's. I mean, probably the most well known, probably most well known Starflyer Starflyer song. song. Yeah. I mean, I can't say anything bad about it. Uh, it just uh, there's other songs that I like even more. But yeah, I don't know if you think that this is a Rhodes here too, but uh, Scott, but this is another kind of just warm electric piano kind of sound driving it here and i love that um you know just kind of climbing notes that start right away and you're just like oh i'm, I'm into this immediately just hooks you in um it might be a Wurlitzer. yeah okay that sounds you can see that um yeah it's really short like you said uh just kind of in and out perfect little pop song don't need to ever say yeah. welcome yeah. um and so lyrically this is about his dad whose name is john and he fell in love at 22 uh with jason's mom um but yeah he says uh you know fell in love at 22 with a girl that's close to you find a job and find a life no more long days longer nights with your girl and family too playing card games in the room and i assume that's jason you know like playing card games with uh with him and just thinking about um you know again like now that john is 42 he's kind of looking at his dad's story and taking stock of his life. And I don't know, it's just a, it's a pretty kind of touching song, uh, you know, made more meaningful by thinking about it uh, in terms of him thinking about his dad and his family. And I don't know, it's a great, great vibes. As you said, Andrew, I feel like there's several songs on this record that could just be like from the sixties, <laughs> like yeah, with a different, if it sounded pr- production wise a little different, you could fool me that they aren't from like 50 years ago. Um, but I don't I when I say that I don't mean in like some sort of derivative way no that it that's trying to do let's do a a throwback to make something there's no there's nothing about Jason's style that strikes me as anything but authentic yeah but it just it just to me it is it does have a particular timeless sound but you're right if if there were a particular uh less of a less of a a sheen if we're if we can even say that this album has a sheen right. uh yeah you you could be convinced that this is older than it is holiday song which i believe this was the single that appeared on that happy um, christmas that happy christmas which also had oh, five <laughs> gotta get up gotta get gotta, up gotta get up bro um holiday song Okay, so this is my number one because wow, okay. it's a perfect it's a perfect song. Yeah. It's 
two minutes. Yeah. I love the organ sound, the little minor, like, there's so many things that he does that nothing tramples anything else. Everything is just, yeah. nothing is muddy, nothing, everything is so distinct and unique and stands yes. out. So somebody could be like, oh man, I love the noodly guitar that he's doing. Some people could be like, I love the the nice little riffy guitar, other riffy guitar. I like the, the organ sound yes. or the, the ba, ba. like there's everything, there's something so specific and unique it all feels so well thought out for a song that is two minutes long and it like all the pleasure centers in my brain are lighting <laughs> up during the song. The drums are great. It's all great. It's perfect. Love it. Yeah. It's definitely another one that kind of harkens back to a bygone era. Yeah, for um, sure. It's, really well done though i mean like again it's got some of that whimsy in you know like the little yes. chromatic walk downs that he does but he, he manages to do it and not be cheesy right um, but those like little uh, organ uh, parts that they're yeah. just like burning it's nothing is they're just little tastes you get yeah. a taste and that's the part where you're just like so when you hear those you're just like ah, oh there's ah, it's so good it's just a little <laughs> little just mm. Yeah. Love it. No, I, I had the same thing in my notes, Andrew, that there's like that great 60s organ riff starts. Oh. Uh, I mean, there's so many things I love immediately. That and that like bendy string. And there's the tremolo after that. Yeah. It's just, it's a really like each little section of the song is different and fun in its own way. And each sort of instrumentation is 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 different, but they work really well together. And yeah, it's just such a really fun melody, authentic 60s vibe. Uh, sad Christmas song, which is happy keeping with other, <laughs> it is kind of weird that there's just a Christmas song on here, but it is also very close to when that happy holiday, happy Christmas comp came out, um, which we talked about because of the five iron uh, rich Mullins cover, uh, on the show. But I think we also came away being like the Martin brothers are the winners from that comp because <laughs> for sure that's on there. The joy electric that, yeah, wonderland yeah. is on there. Yeah. Bon Voyage's Holly Jolly Christmas is on yes. there. All those I, rules. So. I think that was our takeaway. I remember, yeah. I forgot that that was our, that was our takeaway. There were some infinite bummers and some <laughs> ill-conceived songs on that, on that comp. Um, but yeah, this, this song is, like when you, if you just look at uh, some of the streams on this record, like, are you fucking kidding me that this this song is like, um, on the lower end of this of the of the listens on Spotify? This is outrageous. Who do I talk to? Who can I talk to? Get those algorithms. Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I'd like to. I'd like to talk to John John Q Spotify, please, mm -hmm. and, and see what we can get. So we can see what we can get figured out here. Call up Joe Rogan, see if he can <laughs> sort it out for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. What I'll do you just... think is his favorite Martin Brothers project? <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe Rogan. When did you first hear of Starflyer Fifty Nine? Uh, um, he was probably on some MDMA, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we will not get him on the pod. No, no. Uh, Scott, do you have anything else to say about all <laughs> <laughs> oh, these songs? It's like, don't drag me into this. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I think, uh, I think uh, you put it really well and, um, 
I don't know if I've ever put anything really well on this song. (laughs) All the time. Yes. So fucking good. This is my number two. Okay. Yeah, this was was one one of the contenders for me for sure. (laughs) I waffled on it and I was like, is it like, does it have enough substance, you know, like a We Are the Ordinary uh, to make my top three? But I'm like, I'm such a sucker for that slide, that steel guitar sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just can't resist it. And then that kind of strummy. Do do you know how many... do you know how many songs on this record could easily compete with being it's, I mean, it's like, it's like Scott said, there's like six contenders for you that were in your, that were yeah. contention for top three. And it's, it's tough because you, you can make an argument for so many, so many of the songs and, and the, and how John and I often talk about like at any given moment, certain songs could be swapped out for, you know, number three or maybe number two and number three could be switched out. But yeah, man, it's 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 one of those moments where you're listening to it and you're like, oh man, is am I is this my number three? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's that that it's so good. But then when that little Yeah, that's sort of modulated sounding synth comes in Mm. that's just the icing on the cake i know um yeah it's just it's so it's so up my alley i love that kind of vibe it's like that sleepwalk uh 50s style uh song that that just works for me um perfect yeah perfect so good um and another kind of longing song here uh, you know, I says, love a, I love a longing song. <laughs> That's most of the songs here. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll go home, find some real love. That'll make us happy all the time. It's like, no, oh, that sounds <laughs> uh, sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry, um, buddy. Tough, tough stuff. I think here, but <laughs> yeah, really great. Yeah. Um. Hey, the birthright. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know a guy. What was this song called? birthright yeah his name is matt langston True. his name is uh 117 anyway the birthright <laughs> open up that fucking pit
this is the first I feel like truly heavy song that might harken back to those earlier records because I can you know as somebody who hasn't seen Starflyer live just that I can just imagine how heavy this song could be live and deceptively heavy just on the record you can be like oh this this sounds you know it's a little heavy but that bass and I can imagine just like he's his uh Scott confirmed or deny I just imagine he's I just imagine they're loud very loud live yeah I I, I don't remember them being you know louder than <laughs> quiet you know, quiet you're not quiet their amps, their amps didn't go to 11 uh, uh <laughs> I don't know uh yeah, I, I agree. This totally sounds like, uh, I guess, classic Starflyer at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's funny that a song like this could be considered a palate cleanser, but it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and it's and it's crazy that uh, the, a song like this can fit so well with a holiday song on the same record, <laughs> and yeah. it, it works. Like it doesn't bother me at all. It it it. Uh, like keeps me trucking along through the track listing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, 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 doom, 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 that bass, the mm-hmm. bass, 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 bass. It's, you know, it's very, it's very driving. This, especially the start of it, you're just like, oh, shit's happening. Like, why is this? This is so quiet. What's going on? Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. something's going down. You know, something's yeah. about to go down. It would be exciting to hear those, those opening <laughs> chords. Um, yeah, it definitely, it's funny. It, 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 it brings back that, that heavy crunchy sound that I said I loved from the shoegaze records, but yeah, as much as I like the sound, I don't feel like this one is on the level of what we've heard so far on this album. So it's like the first one that is more in line with the sound that I thought I liked from them, but I'm sure. like, Oh, but this is, this is breaking from the sort of beautiful pop you've been constructing uh, on this record. Uh, but I do really love to see it again here. It's just like, maybe not quite on the level of what we've heard so far for me. Birthright wise, uh, talking about Jacob and Esau, I believe, uh, which I first thought he was alluding to when he's talking about selling his birthright, but then he says, you're taking on the hairiness you never had, which is like an allusion to Jacob wearing the, goat skins to appear hairy and uh fool's dad so you know throwing in the those biblical illusions in a, in a sneaky way not in an overt uh banging you over the head way which i which i appreciate here yeah yeah appreciate that and some more uh card game references with <laughs> card games and old friends
Thoughts? Great song. This was a, another contender for me. The guitar line is really pretty, and I and I I like the I like the chorus. Um, yes, but I did I do feel like it's it's kind of the first song that feels like it's missing a little something for me. I think there's there's a lot of the songs have so many interesting things going on, and I still like the song. I still think it's really. Um, a pretty song, but there's just something that I feel like coming from these previous songs that there, sh- I just feel like there should be something else happening because there's just so many, usually so many things happening and listen and, and uh, to um, take in. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that it has the same kind of fun, um, you know, retro. Uh, vibe that a few of the others have. I like the playful uh, guitar a lot in the chorus. Um, yeah. I also like the lyrical hook, just that mess it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just memorable and uh, I don't know, kind of fits with that that uh, playful vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I think the guitar sound, as both of you guys mentioned, is really kind of what makes this for me. Um, yeah. And then yeah, it's kind of a perfect example of the kind of lyrics you were talking about, Scott, where like, I'm not totally sure what's going on in the song, but like that catchy hook of you mess it up is so memorable and fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the vibe is the is the main thing I'm into in this song. It's yeah. very short, so it's over <laughs> fast. Um, but I I don't know, there's some, some of these songs remind me of sort of early Radiohead too. Um, you know, you mentioned yeah. OK Computer, Scott, and I think sort of I don't know, Pablo Honey era Radiohead, even with some of these, with sort of the guitar sound and the vocal. Like I could see a Tom York sort of, you mess it up. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, it's, yeah, it's not my favorite, but it, I, I, there's a lot to like about it. I agree. Shut your mouth. talking about that's that uh that's that 60s vibe (laughs) for sure is this the animals uh it's like very 60s melody and organ line at the the spine of this one yeah it it and that was sort of like those um background vocals that aren't 
they're not harmonizing they're not harmonies they're just right. all doing the same right. melody together that's that's the part that kind of feels that is the that 60s vibe and yeah but dan 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 yeah that part too dun, dun. yeah it's a great 60s melody i yeah. think that's uh mike not on those uh uh back oh, by the oh, way dope. Um, oh yeah just cool uh yeah we might have to i mean we've already invoked him multiple times in this episode and we've might played around about with uh favorite maybe covering him at some point this season i mean i was actually just gonna ask you if you had a, <clears throat> done that or had plans to do it we should and this is probably the the, the season that makes the most sense to do it so we probably should yeah. Um, what album yeah. would you do? Strip Cycle, maybe, or that seems to be the most Rock, Rocket and a Bomb. Rocket yeah, and a Bomb. Um, you tell us. Yeah, I feel like the Rocket that that one seems like it makes the most. Well, well, yeah. You tell. What would you think? Probably Rocket and a Bomb. Yeah. That, that would be my favorite. Yeah, we should do that. Reese was the first one who sort of like berated us for not knowing enough about <laughs> Mike Knott. And I feel like it's come up so many times since then that we really that's true. Owe it it's, to the pod to do something. It, yeah, it's one of those things where like you're like, oh, I'm not familiar, and then ever since yes, you become aware of something, yeah. it just like you just notice it all the time. And yeah, he's I mean, especially since he's kind of all over um with uh th- this these projects and uh, his connection to uh, Gene Eugene as well, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah, I think this is uh, let's, con- let's confirm it. Okay, let's do it. Um, but yeah, shut your mouth. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that that tremolo guitar is just full display. Um, between that and the organ, I'm just like, oh, this sound is so great. Uh, was there anything you wanted to say about the song that you didn't get to, Scott? No. Uh... You know, it wasn't a contender for me, but it's still a great song. Yeah, um, there there aren't any bad ones on this record, as we agreed said many times. Yes, already. <laughs> um, interesting lyrics here. Uh, at first, I was like, "Is he talking to himself?" Because he's like, "You really stink it up." Uh, coming right off a song <laughs> where he's like, "You mess it up," so I'm like, "Oh, maybe he's talking to himself." But then, you know, I wish he'd shut your mouth. Uh, and then he talks about like this character leaving his girl and his family. So presumably it's somebody else, but he's like, you really like to just, you really like just to never tell. We really think that you'll burn in hell, <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> seems harsh. Uh, again, I don't know if he's being sincere or if this is about like a true asshole or something that he knew. I don't know. Intriguing. I wonder what it's a reference to. Yeah. Yeah. The, you've got it all worked out. I right. wish you'd shut your mouth. Maybe a little bit of a little sarcasm, yeah, there. Um, but you really stink it up, yeah. There's, I don't, I don't think he's a this doesn't seem to be a self referential no. song, at least I hope not. Gotta work on uh, work on some self love there, yeah. Uh, the fashion focus self titled. So, uh, so thank you. 
I love the piano so much uh, in this song. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so cool. It's, a, it's it, at the same time has this sort of jaunty little melody at the beginning, shuffly drums, and then these sort of dissonant keys that m- makes it makes me think this is like more suited for like a like a tom waits song or something that's just like let's be noisy and dissonant and not on melody at all necessarily with the rest of the song but somehow somehow works um but it's sometimes i'll I'll describe songs that like make me think oh this is the uh the old NES game where the character is going into the the, <laughs> the the main town, just like walking. That's that's kind of like <laughs> the vibe this song gives up. Just just going just going to the market to trade in supplies to get some whatever. Um, but that's nice relaxing vibe though. It's it is. Vibe. It is. But yeah. But then that's just the beginning, and then it shifts into something. A little bit more complex and different in in the in the verses and the chorus that I um, that I love and appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, mean, it's it's very loungy, but it then kind of like all all of um, yeah these right. these uh, departures into you know previous eras. Like he manages to do it and still make it sound cool and not you know, kitschy or something. Like. Yeah, totally. If you heard that same central riff on like a, you know, regular piano, uh, in a lounge, it may not hold the same weight <laughs> as the, like how cool it sounds on that electric piano warmth. Um, or of... like you're, you're on hold with blue cross, blue shield. Lots of, uh, your call is important to us. <laughs> All you know that one that's like, <laughs> that one's a jam. <laughs> um, plenty of nice textures. Uh, who's gonna re- some? Somebody needs to remix that at some point, right? <laughs> it's a good song. Um, <laughs> is this? Is this just like a universal? Like who? Who recorded that and sold that? And someone's like, "Yep." Let's just like that's like that's like the default. It's like the default ringtone yeah. that everybody had in the '90s. That everybody just is like, eh, I don't care. Let's just use the same bullshit. But it's, it's vibes though. It's kind of like some like <laughs> Donkey Kong Country mining vibes. Um, anyway, uh, anyway yeah. nice, nice, nice textures here for us, big texture boys. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just cool vibe. Um, he repeats, it's odd how you always notice when the world gets you down, which is another sort of, I don't know, another kind of lonely one, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, cool vibe here. 
for the penultimate song, the seven minute, 42 second <laughs> epic. Yes. Too much fun. So this goes on for another six minutes, and yes. it's my number three. Okay. Uh, because this song fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't. I don't care that it's almost eight minutes long. This is just noisy riffing, shredding heaviness that is just. It's such a. It's such a pleasure to listen to this whole thing because it's. I think it's that sort of Scott, what you were describing, that sort of quintessential, like soft, pretty vocal over the top of this heavy, noisy, distorted uh, stuff. And there's, there's everything to love about, about the song. And it makes me think like, maybe this is too much fun because it's just like, ah, oh, let's just, fucking get in the studio and rip and and they just have a they're just having a great time but i'm having a great time yeah it's it's a it's a great yeah. is it too self-indulgent for you guys i don't know it's it it does something for me i love it uh i'll say that i can never write a seven minute and 42 second song <laughs> because i'm afraid of it feeling that way um i and i, I feeling I self-indulgent I yeah, I don't know. I feel I, I wish I could let that go sometimes and just, you know And have too much write, fun. And write a song that just yeah, I'm I'm okay with just hanging on the same riff for, you know, seven minutes. Uh but Well, I mean he that's that's the thing. Like he he can write a fell in love at twenty two and, and have a, and have some songs that are just like, you know, you know, two bucks and some change, and then he's like or I could just shred for almost eight minutes and I'm fine with either of them because they both are working for me. Yeah. He really can do no wrong. Can he? It's true. I mean, I, we, we say that about Scott Kerr all the time. Mm, true. <laughs> uh, 
that is objectively false. <laughs> I don't know. Scott, if you look that... at the, if you look at the Scott uh, the Scott Kerr oeuvre, I I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like you know uh, the the facts are on our side. Thanks, so. Um That that what you said just had me thinking though, Scott. Is there like a time where you feel like you made yourself like you took a sort of risk or you weren't sure about something maybe like seeving indulgent and then it paid off though is, is there a song like that that you can think of that you like weren't sure about but you like went for it and then it worked uh i mean not like not like this not like this right. where it's the where i can just kind of jam over the same riff over sure. and over again um i i know there are several people that i know that would probably call my tendency to take a hard turn in a bridge um mm. as self-indulgent and they're probably <laughs> not they're probably not wrong <laughs> oh man give me all the give me all john, the big bridges uh, you got baby john or disagrees e- even <laughs> like you know i i tend to have this uh <laughs> maybe perverse like of you know strange uh chords where i mean they they work but they're not you know what you expect and putting major chords where minor chords really mm-hmm. should be. Um, I, that sounds good to my ear, but I know that mm-hmm. to other people, it's just, it's like, you know, they get kicked in the ear. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, so just, I, I yeah. do that stuff all the time. Um, it's just a different kind of self-indulgent. Right. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. I love that though. Um, no, Andrew, I'm with you. I, this song rules. I mean, it's, it's the longest song, as you said. It's also yeah. like the most shoegazy. I mean, like the most like those early records and that they're yeah. very long and just feedback distortion, some yeah. psychedelic elements. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I really like where it goes with the chorus. It, like there's kind of a cool chord progression that happens there that I'm not necessarily expecting. And, yeah, you know, the, the guitars are going ham. Uh, definitely. Yeah, they are. Like, I like this mode of Starflyer a lot, um, but I feel like he sort of puts in some touches of sort of um, melody that like maybe set it apart a little bit from kind of that wall of fuzz uh, of those earlier Starflyer epic yeah. shoegaze songs. But I don't know. I love it. That, that doom, 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 uh-huh. doom, 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 Yeah. Yeah. We, let's, get to, let's get to a little bit of this later in the song. Sure. pretty great man yeah pretty great we should uh should light up a blunt just throw the <laughs> throw this throw this on oh, just sounds good to me have a, have a great time <laughs> and the part where he's like that's what but wait wait like. bro, the bro, bro the part where he's like <laughs> but bro oh, man. hold on the part where he's like that's only like vaguely different from what we normally do while sober. So 
Um, <laughs> wait, 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 you're sober? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we did have some some margs with our dinners. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, lyrically, I don't know. The, the too much fun thing, I can't quite tell what he's talking about here, but big girls like telling boys that shove. Fact is, it's nothing more than too much fun and they'll fade out. Big boys like dead end girls that always shove. The fact is, it's nothing more than too much fun. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't totally know what the vibe is here, but it's cool. Too much fun. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this to me, this song is not about whatever the lyrics are. No, it's about it's vibes, baby. <laughs> it's vibes, baby. And he's got he's got him in spades, you know, because of those card games. and all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, One more. Yeah. Days of Lamech. Yep, here for it. He's drumming in a cave. Some seagulls overhead, perhaps. <laughs> exactly. Drumming on the beach. <laughs> this, this intro goes on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I feel like too much fun is the closing song, right? Like that's the closing track, right? If you're going to end something, you end it with like the big epic shred fest and you know, I mean, you're it's like, a, it's like a nice warm bath after that shred fest though. Uh, I could see it either way. I kind of like going for this big, explodey extended thing and then just kind of settling in with a very quiet closer but i could be convinced either way yeah it doesn't bother me i think that it works great as is but um if you flip-flop those two i think it works as well yeah yeah i, I guess i don't know i'm in my in my head space i'm like i'm like so you know <laughs> so hyped up from too much i'm fun. so hyped up it just feels like i don't know if i want to come back down sure but sure I don't know, cause I I had, I just had, ten songs of that of just like, I've been in the bath, bro. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of the bath. I'm ready to get out of the bath and start throwing bows and getting in the pit. You know, thrashing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it. Um, yeah. I would. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I think it's a nice, um, ending track. I, I really like that sort of dreamy, reverby guitar sound that's going on, and then that organ that's laying under everything sure um yeah what do you think scott 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, what can I say that we haven't said before? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I, uh, I love the, uh, I, I find it, I don't, I don't know if you call it the chorus, a lot of his, the parts of the songs, right. you know, they're, they're not, none of them are anthemic really. Right. Um, and it would be weird if they were. Uh, so I don't, I don't actually know if, if chorus is the right label sure. for it, but um yeah, when the uh, kind of like clean arpeggio comes back in, um, yep. it just bounces back with those between those two chords. Yeah, um, it's it's not what I expect there, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just it uh, it's the kind of um, yeah, it kind of has a poppier turn um, mm-hmm. that sort of harkens back to other um, parts in the the album. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, a fun little departure within uh, the progression yeah yeah that's well said i think that's a good point i each of these have a little most of them at least have like a little special something that you're like oh that was a turn that i wasn't expecting um you know lyrically uh i'm guessing it's so uh lamech is the son of methuselah the hebrew bible patriarch um and the lyrics are these could be days uh, like Lamech, Methuselah, boys after girls, and the girls after the boys. So excited, but you but you wrote it down. I'm assuming that's sort of like ref- referencing the the genealogies of Adam and Jesus in the Bible, because that's where Lamech shows up. Lamech begat a son, and he called his name Noah. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah, 595 years, and begat sons and daughters. So I'm, I'm assuming it's that kind of like writing it down. This list, you know, the girls after the boys. So interesting, an interesting closer, another kind of like deep biblical cut that you'd kind of have to look for to find a sort of um, spiritual element. But I don't know. It's cool. It's an interesting one. I wasn't expecting uh, Lamech to show up uh, <laughs> on this record. Uh, no one expects Lamech. <laughs> just like the Spanish, the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. No one expects Lamech or the Spanish Inquisition. Um, well, but what better place to close our fashion focus Fashion focus, fashion, the fashion focus. Then with Lamech, um, <laughs> Scott. Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, it was a much richer discussion for your involvement, going track by track here. So we appreciate it. I don't know about all that, but it was fun <laughs> to be a part of it. Absolutely. Anytime you ever want to go over any like rear rear or any like uh, <laughs> guitar parts we can throw at you, uh, we're happy to have you on to do that. Um, why don't you uh, tell folks where they can find Fantasy League if they haven't yet? Uh, yeah, the streaming service of your choice um, sure. and Bandcamp. We don't have any physical media as of right now. Um, who knows? Kind of like with playing shows, you know, if. Uh, Turns out there's a demand for it. It's just it's there's so much work to kind of yeah. get the momentum uh, up and running yeah. for all that. Not to mention, you know, like uh, manufacturing for sure. vinyl and all that stuff Oof. is still yeah, man. way backed up. And, and you know, you have to make a significant investment up front. And yeah. so, well, you know, we'll see if that ever happens. But yeah, I mean, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, etc. Sweet. Yeah. So so good. We cannot emphasize enough how much we are digging these new songs and can't wait for the album so yeah you heard Thanks, it people guys. the challenge has been thrown down uh the the demand must be met so go <laughs> go out there stream the hell out of it ask for uh ask for some vinyl and some merch and make it worth their while that's just my two cents um thank you scott for joining us yeah. um 
I'm interested to hear what folks have to say about this record, about Starflyer in general, about our conversation with Scott, and they can let us know at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review. We'll read your review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. can support us at the Patreon over at patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where this week we're talking Starflyer 59's gold. So if you want to hear that gold discussion, head over to the Patreon for that post-game bonus up. Uh, and you can pick up some new season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallsteprecords.com to find out more. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll discuss Joy Electric's Robot Rock with a very special guest. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, the real heads now. <laughs> Are you familiar with this jam, Scott? I've heard it once okay, or twice. Good. Yeah, it's one of my faves. Oh, there we go. Little kind of tubular bells action. Yeah, there's got to be a club remix of this, right? Ooh, it's nice though. It's it's total '80s action movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like sneaking around the corner. Oh shit. Yeah. No, things are about to get things are about to get sexy. sexy. Yeah, this is when the, the love interest shows up. <laughs> the, the robe is coming off. It's like <clears throat> one part oh, Top Gun, one part uh, uh, what is uh, Axel F? What is that from? <laughs> Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Cop. Beverly Hills That's Cop. the one. That's the one. The heat is on. This is what you referenced earlier. Yeah. yeah. There's some. De- <laughs> this is like definite like silk sheets action going on. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm so glad you found this. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> if you if you want to listen to the Cisco hold music for an hour. It's next season. <laughs> Quarter of a million people have watched that video. Hey, it's <laughs> jam. It's, yeah, that people people are... Um, <laughs> will, this comment operator will that be all is there anything else i can help you with today yeah you can put me back on hold but to call it up just to listen for more shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com